Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. With working from home and trying to stay in touch with friends and family, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to always be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. My moment to chill is watching baseball, especially when the White Sox are on. I like to have a Coors Light beside me. It's a great beer to have watching the games as it's cool and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. And even the mountains on my cans turn blue telling me that it's time to hit reset. Sit back, relax, and hunker down for an evening of White Sox baseball. So when it's time for you to unwind, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate responsibly. Good morning, White Sox fans. Here's your White Sox wake-up call for May 9th, 2018. You know, maybe we should start with what the Birmingham Barons did and circle back to the Sox at the end, at least for a while. The White Sox will still not have won any of their first 10 series against teams not named the Kansas City Royals, regardless of what happens today. The Sox suffered a disheartening 10-6 loss to the Pittsburgh Pirates at Guaranteed Rate Field on Tuesday night. The Sox actually led this one 4-0 after the first inning, as they made Pittsburgh starter Ivan Nova throw 51 pitches. Then the Pirates made Lucas Giolito throw 36 pitches in the second inning as they tied the game at four, and even then, Giolito needed a great throw home by Nicky Delmonico and a better catch and tag by Wellington Castillo to get the third out of the plate. The high pitch counts made this one one of those battles of the bullpens Hawk Harrelson talks about, and the White Sox pen cracked in the fifth. Giolito rebounded with scoreless third and fourth innings, but with a pitch count of 98, Rick Renteria went to his bullpen. That's not the problem. But why Renteria goes to Chris Volstad instead of Hector Santiago in the middle innings of close games, I don't really know. Santiago doesn't pitch pretty, but he can get strikeouts and post a couple zeros. Volstad really doesn't do either, and he gave up the lead by getting smacked around for three runs on four hits in his only inning of work. Luis Avalon started the sixth and retired only one of the first four batters he faced to give up two more runs, and that was effectively the ball game. Santiago, of course, he uh, entered at the end of the game and pitched a 1-2-3 inning. Even with the order of relievers, Giolito's performance was the biggest issue of the evening. It wasn't one thing. He had some counts where he fell behind, but others where he built a good count and then didn't make two-strike pitches he wanted. And he said after the game that he needs to be better at solving mechanical issues and start, and that problem is showing up in his numbers with runners in scoring position. All in all, it's not the kind of outing everybody hoped for after everything seemed to click for him in the start against St. Louis. Wellington Castillo was one of the few bright spots for the White Sox. He had a pair of homers, including a two-run shot in the first inning that capped off the scoring and provided the Sox with their first legitimate run of the evening. The White Sox benefited from lucky breaks to score their other three in the inning. Leury Garcia reached when his grounder was kicked by the pitcher and carried him towards third, and even then, Garcia needed a replay to call him safe. Yomar Sanchez hit a liner to the left that Chris Dickerson lost in the lights for an alleged RBI triple, and then he scored on a Jose Abreu grounder. 
Nicky Delmonico then drew a walk when he should have been rung up on a called strike three, and Castillo drove him home with an opposite field shot. That gave the White Sox a 4-0 lead, and that was also the peak of the game. Castillo added a solo shot in the eighth inning for the only run the Sox scored off the Pittsburgh bullpen over seven innings. Throw in the great tag at home and a gun down runner at second, and Castillo had a nice night. Also, the Sanchez-Abreu part of the lineup continues to click in the second and third spots. Sanchez went three for five with two runs scored in an RBI, and Abreu contributed a double, a single, and drove home two runs. The offense went 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position, but six runs is six runs. The pitching botched it tonight. The Sox and Pirates will be back at it tomorrow at 1.10 p.m. Central Start on NBC Sports Chicago. It's Reynaldo Lopez against Trevor Williams. Lopez is coming off a start where he didn't throw that hard, and here's hoping his stuff comes back to him. Williams has a 2.53 ERA in the season, but he's one of those weird righties who throws a ton of fastballs despite not throwing that hard, he doesn't get strikeouts, and this year he hasn't even gotten that many grounders. He's been especially tough on righties though, so he may want to play a switch hitter as your pick to click. Down in the minors, the Charlotte Knights lost 8-1 to the Gwinnett Stripers. When Michael Kopech doesn't start, there isn't that much to talk about with the Knights right now, but Charlie Tilson went 2-5, for five, and he'll need more of those multi-hit games to boost his average, which now sits at 219. Eloy Jimenez has no such issues collecting hits in bunches. By going 2-for-5 in Birmingham's 5-2 victory over Pensacola on Tuesday, he not only extended his hitting streak to 12 games, but he ran his multi-hit streak to 8 games by going 2-for-4. He briefly tied Sebi Zavala for the team lead with the 7th homer, but Zavala went back-to-back to, back to regain sole possession of the lead with 8. Zach Collins had a quiet night, going 0-for-4 at the strikeout, and Tito Polo was 1-for-4 at the double. Spencer Adams pitched six innings of two-run ball, which is an improvement for him. Winston-Salem keeps rolling as they whopped Salem 10-2. Jason Irizarry and Taekwon Forbes each had four hit nights at the bottom of the order, and Gavin Sheets went three for five with two doubles. Alex Call and Blake Rutherford each had two hits, and Michael Adolfo drew three walks around two strikeouts, but those performances kind of paled in comparison. Jimmy Lambert, the Sox' fifth-round pick in the 2016 draft, threw six strong innings of one-run ball in his first start since April 27th. As for Kannapolis, they had the night off. Around the league, James Paxton threw the season's third no-hitter, and this one came in his native Canada against the Blue Jays in a 5-0 blanking by the Mariners. The Seattle lefty known as Big Maple allowed three walks while striking out seven, and he needed only 99 pitches to get the job done. His last three fastballs were clocked at 99, 100, and 99 miles per hour. Baltimore's Dylan Bundy had the opposite problem. He retired zero of the seven Kansas City Royals he faced, allowing a single, homer, 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 walk, walk, and a three-run homer before getting sent to the showers. He left trailing 7 to nothing, and the Royals extended the lead to 10 to nothing before the Orioles even came to the plate. Kansas City held on to win 15-7. Elsewhere around the AL Central, the Twins beat the Cardinals 7-1 to pull a half game behind the Indians, who lost to Corey Kluber's start to the Brewers 3-2. The Indians are now 17-18 on the season, meaning all five AL Central teams are under 500. In New York, the Yankees pulled even with the Red Sox with a 3-2 victory over Boston at Yankee Stadium. In contrast to the AL Central, both AL East leaders are 25-10, and, and the Yankees have won 16 of their last 17 to get there. In Cincinnati, the Reds beat the Mets 7-2, which is notable for a couple of reasons. For one, the Reds joined the White Sox with 9 wins on the season, and only Baltimore has won fewer games. 
More importantly, the teams had pulled off a trade earlier in the day, with Cincinnati acquiring the plummeting former ace Matt Harvey for off-injured catcher Devin Mazzarocco. It's not a bad trade for the Mets, all things considered, as they can use any help they can get behind the plate. It's just a stunning fall from grace for Harvey, who might find the social scene in Cincinnati harder to come by. That'll do it for this morning's White Sox wake-up call. We'll be back with Sox Machine Live tonight, where maybe Josh and I will get the chance to talk about a split and also preview the weekend's Crosstown series. In the meantime, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Sox Machine for updates and reactions to the day game. And you can subscribe to the Sox Machine podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and the Google Play Music Stores. If you're feeling generous, you can help support the show by signing up to be a friend of the podcast at patreon.com slash Machine. Thanks for listening to the Sox Machine podcast. For SoxMachine.com, I'm Jim Margulis. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.